All right, KDRT, here we are. It's KSRS. We're here. We're group number one today. This is Nate Littlefield. You're tuned in to KDRT 95.7 Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. Today, our group is going to be discussing a notorious man. He's everywhere. He's all over Davis. Uh, he's always He always has his Bible. He has his dog. I'm sure a lot of you would recognize him if you saw him you might know who we're talking about his name is monty uh he's known mostly for being in the quad at uc davis i'd say at the, near the mu he's always um he's always preaching so i got a little interview with him uh i want to give up a fair warning uh before starting that uh the audio is not great he spoke really quietly but i'm gonna go ahead and discuss exactly uh what he said what's going on and uh parts that I cut out too. He's a very interesting man. So I'm going to go ahead and cue that up. And here we go. I need to, I need to take the revisions. My grandmother was the first and I remember that. Uh -huh. She was serious. Like yeah. Kids by herself. By herself? By herself. And her husband left in Metro. Yeah. Kids. Anyway, I I went to a summer camp there with her. And, hey, you're going to my little church camp here, seven-year-old kid. You know? Yeah. We go visit in the summer. Okay, Grandma. And he reminded me. See, I made that little alphabet. I mean, fish. Yeah. Got out a piece from me. Put alphabet noodles on it, glue them on. I will make you a fisherman, man. Mark such and such. Verse alphabet. Mm -hmm. I didn't remember that. And then when I gave my life to Jesus, you know, hey, I was dealing with you clear back there. Yeah. And if I asked Jesus in my heart in that little church camp or something, you know, I don't remember that, but I do remember making that fish. You know, so I think I still got it. I asked her, do you remember that little fish I made when we were at Grandma's house at about seven years old or something? After a little meeting at the church one hour a day for a week or something, summer camp thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I still got it up there. Box somewhere. I'll rumble in a couple of days and see. I still got it. She found it in the boat. That's awesome. And that's it. God was planting seeds. Yeah. That's what he has me to Keep planting seeds. Some have more ears to hear than others, and some less. But God's the one that makes the increase. And then I gave my life to him after that. Spiritual quest. I can travel my I was on that campus, and when I cried that prayer, the best I knew how, just God, I believe you are, help me. I looked up from it and I said, Beauty in the sky, clouds, blues, bees, trees, just like God was loving us. I'm experiencing for the first time a new, fresh awareness of your creation. God, you're real. And from that moment on, I've never turned back. Do you get a lot of backlash here? Do people talk to you a lot? Not too much. They all know me so well. Yeah. They already know what I And you're a peaceful man. And, and I'm just, they sit, they don't sit here. They aren't going to want to hear the word of God. <laughs> they see me here. They know they're sick and they're going to hear something. Uh -huh. So they'd be sitting somewhere else. <laughs> That's they true. They want to hear it. That's They'll true. They'll like, oh, I don't want to hear it. But they set their yeah. laptop open. Mm -hmm. God's spirit shine. Yeah. It cleans up the atmosphere, even if they aren't believers. Cleans it up for me. Cleans it up for me. That's what the Word of God can do. It's fascinating. But in the beginning, it was just me crying out to God. 
student, you know, what? Yeah. engineering student, then changed philosophy, comparative religion, humanities, and that even confused me more, mm-hmm. and it broke my spirit to where This was in, in Long Beach? In place to make a decision and craft a gun, and I did. What brought you to Davis? I traveled all over after it. It was quite a spiritual growth and dimension, you know. All right, guys. Well, that was Monty. Uh, very interesting guy. I know the audio wasn't great. He, he talks very quietly, very soft. Um, he, I think when I first went up to him, he was hesitant to talk to me. Uh, I think he thought maybe I was trying to get him or something or, but really I just wanted to interview him for class and I, I made sure I told him that. Um, he came, there's a lot of stuff that I had to cut out of the interview because we don't have a ton of time and he kind of rambles a bit, uh, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Uh, if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Of course, I forgot to do that earlier. Hey, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Hohan. I'm sitting next to Max. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Jerry. All right. Uh, so I want to let you guys know that So he went to Long Beach. He converted when he was 30 years old to Christianity. He wasn't religious before. He made it apparent to me that he... Uh, was just traveling the world, kind of wandering, soul-searching, something. He put it like that. He wanted specifically to tell me that he wasn't, like, hunting women or drinking or doing drugs or anything. So he's just literally soul-searching. Um, I know you guys have seen him before. Where have you guys seen him? What do you What do you guys know about him? So uh, my ex- experience with him is like, mostly in the quad area or like just like across NU. And uh, usually when I like, uh, walk by him, He's like always preaching, and sometimes he yells yeah. very loud, so he sometimes kind of scared me away. Yeah. So yeah, usually when I like uh nearby him, I just kind of walk fast to like, <laughs> walk fast and pass by. Yeah. But yeah, I always hear some interesting stuff. He's trying to yell like from Bible and stuff. Yeah, you know, I I got some mixed feelings. I um uh I haven't talked to him before. I've seen him around since freshman year for four years. Uh, like almost every single day in the quad, which on one level you got to respect that commitment. That's yeah. crazy. Um, uh, mostly what I've heard from him, just sitting sitting by and listening every once in a while, is a lot of um, a lot of fear around technology. And like, I I don't know. The one time I sat and listened for for about half an hour, it was a lot of chips in your arms, chips in the Tesla, <laughs> chips, yeah. the, the Mark of the Beast. And Wait, he was doing that while there. he was preaching? Yeah, it was mostly yeah, the time I was there was mostly about these like chips and how they're going to brainwash everyone. So that, that was interesting, you know. I, I don't like to judge. It's it's uh, he's, a, he's an interesting man. He's committed to stuff. I don't know him that well, but um, it's definitely fascinating to see that commitment to go to a college campus every day. Well, I, I asked him about his commitment to doing what he does he said it's been seven years seven days a week where he's out preaching he told me he told me he goes to coffee shops he's at uh the the park whatever park um uh, yeah yeah he's over there uh on the weekends when no one's uh at at the school um he's just committed to preaching the word of god is what he said to me and um i'll be honest i'm not a religious man myself uh but i am pretty i envy his uh his work ethic for what he's doing it's pretty impressive uh and i don't know him that well but i at least admire that he's never gotten himself kicked off campus because i've seen a few people around the quad Mm -hmm. with with weird weird yelling at people 
yeah making yeah and i'm sure that scares a lot of the students harassing you know so yeah yeah Yeah. he uh he's got his dog too we have to mention his dog what's his dog's name do we know erica knows erica what's the dog's name what's monty's dog's name abe 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 yeah abe tried to bite me a couple times abe uh he um monty told me that abe's a good judge of character so i think that just tells a lot about myself um (laughs) yeah it uh he's he seemed nice it's interesting how quiet he spoke when i was recording him uh he was he seemed uncomfortable about me having my phone near him that's what i use um it's it's just it's funny because he's so loud yeah he yells mm-hmm. all day mm-hmm. and then he's so quiet he's, when i go up to talk to him. yeah yeah uh, my wild guess is like maybe he's scared of the chips in your phone yeah, yeah that's that true i was trying to infect him with my uh with my chips and i was trying to convert him to be a cyborg <laughs> So maybe that's why he was mad. Yeah, at maybe me. that's why he's quiet and tried to stay as far away as he could. Yeah. That's true. I kept going. Hey, do you mind if I put this microchip in your head? Is that cool? <laughs> and he didn't. He didn't like that. I guess I don't know why. Uh, anyways, that's our time, guys. Yeah, it's just interesting to see like a fascinating character you see on campus yeah. every day. Get to know a little bit more about. And more than campus too, it's everywhere all over Davis. He's a. He's a. He's everywhere all at once. Like the movie we talked about. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, I want to give a shout out to teachers everywhere, including uh, Mrs. Littlefield and Kayla Jennings, uh, Charles Peck, and that's KSRS. Uh, guys, you got to add anything before we get out of here? All right, thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs> line catch your way post flag leave the bay the shoreline receives every time you return the thoughts you'll have the things you'll learn you'll be singing along with me
Hey everybody, this is Steven Rojas. You are tuned in to KDRT 95.7 Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. So this is group two. We are UFM and we are on the culture desk. So if my group would like to introduce themselves really quick. Hello everyone, this is Erica, part of UFM. We actually also have some special guests here today. I'll let them introduce themselves real quick. Hello, I am Reina. Hello everyone, this is Monse. All right, yeah, and we're gonna be, we brought him in here today to talk about the Met Gala that recently just happened. Um, think of the Met, if you don't know what the Met is, pretty much, Met Gala, Met Ball, pretty much, think of it as a giant costume contest, pretty much. Um, it's held in New York City. It's actually a fundraising event that's held to benefit the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute. So it's pretty interesting. And it's a lot of different people are invited to it, like a lot of celebrities or um, athletes, a lot of very like prominent people, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But the outfits are always crazy. There's a lot going on. Um, and Stephen, I believe you got an interview. Yeah, right? I pulled up to West Village Study Lounge and... I interrupted a couple people studying and got their <laughs> thoughts and opinion. So I'm going to play that right now. Hey everybody, welcome back. My name is Steven, and here we are reporting live from Davis, California for KDRT, where the grassroots... So today we are discussing the 2022 Met Gala, which was for the exhibition in America, an anthology of fashion. And this year's theme, Gilded Glamour and White Tie, so here we are in the West Village study We're getting some thoughts and opinions. So here we have Tristan. Hello. This is Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. I'm immediately confused. I don't understand why he's wearing sunglasses. Is this not the evening? Or unless it's for all the paparazzi clash, which kind of baller. But also Kim K's hair, it's looking kind of gray, low key. I think it's supposed to be platinum but it's giving 75. Let's see, platinum. Um, it's really giving like, it's kind of looking green in this picture though. Low maybe key. it's the lighting, but I know she was going for the Marilyn look. Yeah, because so, that's her dress. Yeah, it is her dress. And it caused a lot of controversy on social media, if you saw, because a lot of people said she wasn't worthy of wearing it. But if you know, the dress was in a Ridley's Believe It or Not Museum. So it wasn't all that. Okay, next up, we do have Bella Hadid. Thoughts? Uh, it's giving kind of Pirates of the Caribbean witchy vibes. Why is she wearing a whole pearl necklace on her ankle? It's gilded glamour. No, but like why? Her whole outfit is black though. But I'm still also, here. Also, what is this? This like belt cross situation that's like I wish you guys waist. could see this. I wish you guys could <laughs> see what we're talking about. Her hair is also giving like... Padme, Star Wars vibes. Actually, this is giving, this is giving like Darth Vader, but like hot. So actually, not on Dean, but. So next up we do have Olivia Rodrigo, thoughts? I think it's really pretty. I mean, obviously, I mean, the dress was custom to her, which is beautiful. But I feel like this would have been better suited for a different award show, not the Met. Like maybe like Grammys vibes? So when I saw it at first, obviously, beautiful dress, but I definitely think it was not in theme. And no, I'm kind of getting not. over this purple look. Like I get it, that's her brand, that's her promo, her whole album. 
but I definitely think it's overdone. It seems like same dress, different shade of purple. That's valid. So not on theme. Okay, next up we have Dove Cavern. This one was controversial because people were saying it was not on theme and that it looked very futuristic. Somebody said it was giving the fifth sense. But I don't know if you read up, but actually, the strings that were hanging off were supposed to be the bone of the dresses from the, the time. Yeah. Well, she, like, puts her arms a certain way. It looks like the bustle of, like, an old dress. Like, the back part that sticks out, like, super far. Which I get. Like, it's mimicking an old silhouette. But, like, why are they, like, strings, though? They look like feathers, and it's giving bird. And I don't really know what the bird is. Also, oh. who is that? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm going to say on theme. Okay, and last, I think we have to talk about my favorite of the night, which was Blake Lively. Did you see the dress review? Yes, I did see the dress. I think it's cool. Uh, I, at first, I didn't know what it was. I was like, this is kind of crazy. How is this on theme? But yeah. it has, like, the whole background about the Statue of Liberty, and so, like, it changed from copper to the, like, minty green color, which was kind of cool. So she did, like, a whole outfit change on the carpet, kind of. She had, like, people come out and, like undo it and it all like revealed the mint color over the copper yeah when she first arrived i was like okay blake lightly never disappoints always in theme but i was confused i was like uh, i guess it's a nice dress but i don't think it's in theme until she did the dress reveal and the hand pose i was like <laughs> i get it statue of liberty yes and she has like the whole crown and yeah. everything like somebody said the hints of copper that are still left is supposed to be the rest on the statue wait that's actually really cool i didn't know that definitely in theme thank you so much for joining us today thank you very much ufm it was a pleasure being on today and i'm very grateful to have been here and shared this experience and we're back so before talking about the bad i want to recognize the culture icon that was and is rihanna every day all day now, she wasn't able to attend the Met because she was pregnant and maybe for other personal reasons, but she was honored with a statue, y'all. She had a statue. Really? And it looked really good. Um, and also, I want to recognize Blake Lively. Yeah. Because she also looked really good. And that is all I can vouch for. Yeah. Um, I thought Blake Lively kind of she killed it like the, her reveal like of the dress like when she unpinned it that was really really good um yeah yeah i, I will admit i did not watch the met <laughs> but i look at the pictures and one thing that always struck me is i always imagine what it would be like to get dressed for that event <laughs> imagine putting on all of those clothes and then having to sit in them for god knows so how long. uncomfortable it just looks uncomfortable but yeah. in the name of fashion you know it's yep. a fun it's a fun evening. How often can you go and dress up all extravagant? But yeah, that is fortunately that is the end of our little segment here with UFM. Thank you, Reina and Monse, for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on. Um thank you, Steven, for the interview. Before I sign out, gotta give a quick shout out to my boyfriend. He is listening today. He would get mad if I didn't shout him out. So thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day. This is UFM and you're listening to KDRT. 95.7 Davis, where the grassroots grow.
Hello, this is Austin Chu. You are turned into K- uh, KDRT 95.7, Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. Uh, today, our group, Too Hot for Radio, is going to do a spotlight on the Davis Food Co-op. And to start, we're going to start with an interview with the marketing specialist there. About the Davis Food Co-op? Yeah, my name is Christine Saganovich. I'm the marketing specialist here at the co-op. I also teach cooking classes. The Davis Food Co-op is uh, Yolo County's only community-owned grocery store. We're owned by more than 10,000 local households, and we are here to provide uh, the best quality food we can for the community and support the local economy and farms as well. Can you tell us more about what the co-op uh, like prides itself in and what makes it such like a vital place for the community? Yeah, so um, like I said, the co-op is Davis's, Yolo County's only community-owned grocery store. So that means the people who shop here and who benefit from the co-op are the ones who own it, unlike any other business, uh, any other grocery store in town. So we're really proud to be owned by the community and serve the community that owns us. Uh, can you tell us more about this upcoming block party event and like what's going on? Yeah, so this Saturday, uh, the 14th from 5 to 8 p.m. is the Co-op Block Party. It is our 50th anniversary celebration. The Co-op's been around since 1972. And so we're taking this opportunity to celebrate with all of our owners and the community here in Davis. We're closing the street down. There will be food trucks, art vendors, a live band. Um, there'll be like a VIP owners only area, beer, snacks, all the good stuff. Oh, sounds fun. Uh, can you tell us uh, what you're personally like looking forward to or most interested in about the event? Yeah, so um, one of uh, my favorite parts of the job getting to work in the teaching kitchen is getting to have that hands-on experience with the community. I love having you know folks come into the kitchen, talking with folks in the store, but now I get to interact with hundreds of owners. I'm really excited to spend time with the community and for them to be able to get out and do something that we haven't been able to do in so long. Cool, cool. And now, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's good. All right, well, thank you for your time. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Christine, for that interview. Now, for our group, uh, we haven't been to the co-op too often, and on Tuesday, we actually took a trip there. So for uh, everyone here, how was how did the trip go? I thought it was pretty interesting learning about what the food co-op sells. Yeah, I um, hadn't been the co-op in like my four years here at Davis, and um, it was really interesting to see um, like how much Asian food products they have because I have noticed that like there aren't a lot of options for Asian like grocery stores here in Davis, and coming from the Bay Area, that is definitely a change that I experienced. Um, so it's a definitely a pleasant surprise to see that they have so many options. Um, and then I also noticed, as you met, remember last week, I uh, said that the best uh, apple juice in the world is the one you can get at the farmer's market. And I was number one. Yes, number one in the world. <laughs> it is a fact, not an opinion. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can actually buy that at the food co-op. So, like, that was – I was pleasantly surprised, and I will be buying that every single week. And I actually finished my jug yesterday, so only in two days. <laughs> uh, for myself, uh, I think afterwards when – Kind of everybody was like checking out like their um, whatever they're like buying. Uh, I slowly crept my way to the alcohol section because that was that was very interesting to me. <laughs> and I'm actually surprised they had um this like one really like small brand that I don't think not not that many people know of, which is called Maku. And even though it was slightly overpriced for what it was, and I did end up buying it, uh, it was nice to actually see like them supporting like these like smaller businesses in like their shops. 
Yeah, definitely. Or, oh, did you want to say something? Yeah, I noticed that they have a bunch of, like, organic um, fruits or, like, vegetables that are, like, you know, good for... Well, basically, they're really good quality. They might be a little, like, high, higher price than, like, regular groceries, but I'm pretty sure they have, like, much better quality um, food or vegetables. Yeah, that was, like, something that caught my eye. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice, uh, as uh, Joseph mentioned, the prices were a little bit high. But also, um, we aren't members of the food co-op. And, like, as a member, you do get some discounts. And that's, like, the whole way that they run is, like, with co-op. Like, it's co-op is basically all the people that um, yeah, community-owned. Yeah, community-owned. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, everybody who has a membership to the food co-op does get, like, a say in how it's run. And they're invited. They have, like, certain discounts that they get. Um, so their prices are incredibly high, in my opinion. <laughs> Having gone from Trader Joe's to the food co-op, it was a little bit jarring for me. Um, but I can see if sustainability and, like, community is really important to someone. Someone's lived here for a really long time. Um, they probably are a member. Um, it's not – I don't think it's, like, too much to join. So um, then they can see it as, like, a really great value. You. Yeah, I really like the whole, I guess, kind of vibe of the store. Uh, very much like community oriented. And it was just kind of fun to like browse around and see all the different like uh, snacks and like different food products they have that you wouldn't usually see anywhere else. Also, a uh, pretty interesting selection of drinks. Uh, a lot of stuff I haven't heard before. A lot of various fruit combinations. Uh, very fun and interesting to try out. Yes, I was pleasantly surprised that they had Thai tea, and that is not something I could find at Trader Joe's, to be honest. And my roommate, <laughs> Sasha, shout out to Sasha, <laughs> she loves Thai tea, so when I went home and told her that they sell Thai tea there, she was like, oh my god, I have to go there. So I think they do have some novel products. We were talking about that with Trader Joe's last week, um, but like they also have novel products. They're different, but um, but like yeah, I think that is also a draw that they can get. Can you explain what is Thai tea? I, I don't think I've heard of it. Oh, it's like a tea from Thailand, I think. I don't know. I've never been to Thailand, but it tastes really good. <laughs> um, it's like orangey. Or no, it's not orange flavored. It's orange looking. Like it looks orange. Um, and it's like, I don't know. Has any Does anyone else a Thai tea fan here? I have it every now and then. It's nice and sweet. Refreshing. Typically. It's really yeah. sweet. It's just mm -hmm. really sweet. That's like the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, and I love sweet things. So. Uh, I tried a drink called kombucha. Uh, they have a nice selection there. They yeah. have a ton of kombucha there, right. so you'd love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even like it. <laughs> you'd hate it. Just kidding. <laughs> well, if you do like kombucha, you they do have quite the selection at the food co-op. So, and they also, I did notice that you can buy like, um, like grains and things by oh, oh spices like by the pound or like so if you don't need you know I notice a lot when I do a recipe um, or like make a recipe uh, I'll get like uh, a spice that's only like a, that's like a big jar of it and I use it once and then it goes bad in my like my uh, my counter or whatever my cabinet um, and so it's nice to be able to get like a small amount if you're not going to use it again uh, so uh, we're going to close out just by plugging in uh, the co-op's block party that is happening this Saturday, May 14th, from 5 to 8 p.m. There'll be a handful of uh, beer, wine, food, and um, other various vendors, and also some other things to look out for, such as mural, bike ballet, community orgs, and a VIP section for owners and speeches. Uh, and there's way much more to come, uh, and everybody should definitely check it out this Saturday. Cool, cool. Well, thank you for that. Uh, once again, this has been Too Hot for Radio. You are turned in, tuned in to KDRT 95.7, Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. Thank you for listening.
All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, all of you guys, for listening. So right now we have Group Bro, Best Radio on Air. And our topic today is um, cultural food remedies. So I'm just going to give a brief little history about how cultures from all over the world have used certain spices and plants as medicine. So the concept of food as medicine has been around for many, many years. And in traditional cultures, food and medicine were strongly intertwined with one another and the geographical locations of where these cultures came from highly impacted the beliefs in relations to food. And this was primarily because it was based on what they had access to. I don't think that, yeah. Many special foods were also known and treasured due to their use in treating and preventing diseases and just other um, characteristics as well. And something very interesting that I found was that not only were certain foods believed to cure diseases and other sicknesses, but it was also recommended when people were quote-unquote weak of character, for example, if they were like depressed or angry. And these practices were highly individualized and generally limited to people of affluence. So um, often fruits and vegetables were also considered to have particularly special properties for example people were encouraged to avoid eating too many like cucumbers and melons and watermelons as these are very watery foods so it was thought that they would encourage fluid retention and as well as one of the ways in which chinese medicine studies the complex interrelationships between humans and um the surrounding world is they had high beliefs in the theory of the five elements so this was like wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And just I'm just going to give you two examples of these elements. So sour corresponds to wood, and it is related to the liver, gallbladder, eyes, and tendons. And then salt um, corresponds to water, and it is related to the kidneys, urinary bladder, ears, and bones. So now we have a, quick, a couple interviews that our group conducted. And we're going to go ahead and play that real quick. Hello, everyone. This is Roger here, and today I'm here with... Erica. Okay, Erica, can you introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm an art major student studying at Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Okay, Erica. So, uh, what's your ethnicity background? Both of my parents are Chinese. Okay, so the question today I got for you is... Um, what do they cook for you or make for you when you're sick? They always cook um, soups and porridge, which are considered very healthy in Chinese culture and good for stomach. Mm-hmm. So, um, out of all the soups they cook for you, what's your favorite soup to drink when you're sick? My favorite would be seaweed soup. 
series two? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Hello, this is Bonnie, and today I invite my friend to join this special topic. So first, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Tim, and I major in mechanical engineering, and I come from China. So, what special food will your parents give you to eat when you are sick? I usually take some medicine, and for food, usually eat some white porridge or some soup, like chicken soup. But for some special food, I remember that while I was sick as a child, my parents were giving me to eat yellow peach cans. Oh yes, I know that. Like most children in the east of China, usually eat yellow peach cans. Yeah, because when people are sick, they don't want to take better medicine. But if they eat yellow peach cans, the peach sweetness will make people happy, and their spirit will become good, and their appetite will increase. So this way, the illness will be cured faster. Okay, thank you for sharing this interesting experience. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm with Michelle Vang. Hi. Uh, would you be willing to share a little bit about um, what food do you eat uh, as like a food remedy? Yeah. So like. Whenever I was sick, my mom used to make me this like egg soup dish. You just kind of boil water and like crack an egg to it, um, and then add some salt and pepper and like wait for it to boil a bit, and you eat it up. It's really nice and it's warm, and it makes me feel a lot better afterwards. Yeah, it sounds like a really easy, quick thing to make in case you're feeling sick. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. So, before we go into like our personal experiences with like、um, having plants or just other meals as medicine,、um, do you guys believe that medicine and like several plants can serve as a, you know, like as medicine and help you like feel better?、Uh, yeah, I think so.、Um, I have a story. Even、um, I had the、uh, I think what, an ear infection or. Um, where I was taking medicine, but it wasn't going away. My grandma brought some herbs、um, and like wrapped it up in a paper towel, put that in my ear. I left it there for a while, and when I、uh, took it out a few hours later, like my ears just like popped and it felt like clear and everything. So I feel like herbs can work. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. What about you guys? You know, as a As a people from a Chinese background, and、um, Chinese people do believe that food、uh, is a it takes a big part in terms of our health, and especially when、uh, there's a the, the traditional Chinese、uh, medicine believe the yin and yang, the balance. So the f- they believe the foods generate energy、right. in your body. So and for some of the cold energy. Uh, foods like water, soy sauce, and salt can generate cold energy in your body, and foods like pork, duck, or oyster can generate warm energy in your body. Yeah.、Wow. What so, about?、Yeah. Sorry. What about you, Bonnie? Yeah, I believe that.、Uh, according to my personal experience, when I was sick as a child,、uh, like the coughing. My parents will give me the pear, the, the fruit pear. Oh,、okay. yeah, that can help, like the humans lungs can be good. Yeah. Right. Yeah.、Um, and as for me,、um, I know 
I used to have like I used to get a lot of headaches like growing up like all the time and sometimes like taking Advil or just like ibuprofen like it wouldn't really work it was just like I would keep getting it and what my grandma and my mom would do is um they would actually gather like little like mint leaves and um sometimes they would like either boil them in water or just um like mush them a little bit together and then we would put them like on our temples kind of like in our on our head and they would do that to me and um it would like my headache would be gone like within like 30 minutes or so and i think yeah so i think food um specifically specifically with with plants they can serve as medicine you know they're very traditional ways and a lot of people don't really believe in them they're kind of more like oh like modern science and that type of stuff but but yeah i think it's a very interesting thing to kind of look at and do some research because i think recently that's kind of it's kind of coming back for some people like a lot of people are trying to are starting to look into that um but yeah this uh this concludes our little segment so thank you everyone for listening again this is bro best radio on air um and we'll be right back
If you should tell me farewell and goodbye, lullaby birdland, whisper low, kiss me sweet, and we'll go flying high in birdland, high in the sky up above, all because we're in. Hello everyone, welcome and thank you all to our listeners for staying with us on this beautiful morning. Currently speaking are the Daydreamers with Raina, Vivian, Victoria, and me, Melissa. Our topic this week is science, and that being such a big topic to tackle, we wanted to talk upon something local and learn and discuss about a lab that's at UC Davis campus called Star and Lexton Lab and to see what type of research, studies, and are being taken there, and just what they're generally all about. So first, we'll be playing an interview we had with Patrick, who is currently a researcher at Star and Lexton Lab. So let's take a listen. Because we're a research collection, what that means is... My name is... Patrick Alanaya. I am a fourth-year cellular biology major, and I'm currently an undergraduate researcher in the Star Luxon Lab under the MCB department, which stands for Molecular and Cellular Biology. Can you explain kind of what even, what is the Star Lab? Because I know nothing about it. Yeah, so basically what we research is nuclear positioning and anchorage. Um, when you think of cells, sometimes you think of cells as kind of these vast swaths of space with, you know, things floating inside of them. Um, right, so we have these in cells. We have organelles, which are like our organs for our body, um, and they do kind of the same thing in the cell. Right, they have specific um, functions, specific structures, and stuff like that. And the organelle we're most interested in is the nucleus. Right, so there's these things called link complexes. Right, so a complex of proteins that links the nucleus to the cytoskeleton, and that helps anchor and position the nucleus, which is really important to cellular function, right? It, um, it has a role in mitosis as well as cell polarization. And when things go abruptly, um, so when you have misfunctioning in nuclear positioning, it could lead to diseases like muscular dystrophy, autism, deafness, and is also linked to cancer. So my next question is, what is your role in kind of helping the Star Lab um, achieve its mission, mission or like work towards its goal? Yeah, so currently I work under a, a postdoctoral um, student, and our project has to do with specific proteins in this link complex I was talking about, um, specifically with a protein called ANC1. So ANC1 is a protein that helps, was previously thought to tether the nucleus to actin, right, so a component of the cytoskeleton. However, we found that um, this protein ANC1 has link-independent functions, and it also is important to help anchor other organelles such as the ER and mitochondria. I am currently working um, with this protein um, to assay its role in ER positioning and ER morphology. So my next question is, what does an average day look like for you? Because I know you work with worms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, right, so we work with a model organism called C. elkins, right, which is part of the nematode family, so we just call them worms. And basically my day-to-day -day function is to do crosses, so if I want to put two genes into a worm, I have to cross like 
a hermaphrodite line to a male line carrying a specific gene that we want. Um, you know, we also do maintenance of worms, right? So they have to live, so we have to feed them. Or else they'll die. <laughs> yeah, what do they eat? Yeah, so they eat E. coli, oh. which sounds really gross. Poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so their E. coli, you know, bacteria, you know, usually makes us sick, but the, the worms love it. <laughs> so um, that's what they feed on. Um, we also do, you know, we do, you know, Western blots, um, PCRs to help us see if we have, you know, the gene of interest or, you know, the DNA of interest that we want. And we also do mycoscopy, like fluorescence imaging. Well, super interesting. So how did you get involved with all of this in the first place? Because I know you're a fourth year. Yeah, so funny story. I actually uh, was an undergraduate TA for Dr. Starr. Um, so I TA'd for his Biz 104 class. And I asked if I could, if I could join his lab because I was really interested in, um, you know, nuclear positioning um, as well as, you know, um, kind of getting my toes dipped into the water of <laughs> cellular biology research. Um, so I asked him to join the lab and he offered me a position. So do you have any advice for people who kind of want to get involved in research and may want to volunteer with the Star Lab in the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I definitely recommend, you know, putting yourself out there because, you know, there's only so much faculty and, you know, there's, a, you know, hundreds and thousands of students. So you kind of want to make yourself stand out and, you know, approach the professor in the first place, um, you know, make personalized emails. Definitely recommend checking out what they're researching, um, kind of get a little more knowledge about that. And then when you write their email um, to kind of address yourself or, you know, to express your interests mm -hmm. and, you know, include some of that research that you did on, you know, the professor's research uh, to make sure that they know that you're interested and curious because curiosity is the number one thing they're looking for. Do you have anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Your lab and your research, you know, Nate, like team is there to help and support you. So um, if you do, you know, get into research, never be afraid to ask for help or, um, you know, reach out to people uh, if you need assistance because they're really there to help you. So Patrick talk, talks about the link complex in the interview and I just want to explain it to you guys a little bit more. So LINK stands for Nucleoskeleton and Cytoskeleton Complex. They provide spatial and structural integrity for the nucleus. And functional LINK is required for several fundamental cellular processes. For example, um, DNA rep damage repair, meiotic, um, chromosome pairing, migration, mitosis, and polarization. So uh, apparently without this, mutations of the DNA will not be repaired and people will have more chance getting diseases due to the mutations of the DNA. Um, and in fact, researchers found out that mutations in link complex protein could be associated with autism, atosia, bipolar disorder, cancer, and other physical and mental diseases. So. Um, I assume that if we fully understand how link works, we are able to understand what causes those disease and how, like, how did it start and develop into those disease in human body. And if we know about that, we might be able to fix it and prevent from those diseases. Uh, and also, there are four main questions that uh, the lab is focusing on, and they are how our functional link complex assembled and disassembled in cells, 
how to link complexes, mediate nuclear migration and positioning in cells, how to link complexes, enable mechanical <laughs> in cells and tissues, how to link complexes, control the organization of macrotins and nuclei in the nucleoplasm. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian, for introducing the background information. So hi guys, I'm Victoria, and I'm going to introduce the UCD undergraduate research. So to be specific, UCD provides research conference and resources for students. And there is official website of the faculty to see what, what, what they are doing right now and uh, what they have, and their interest of the research. Besides, there is a discover. There's a Discovery Cafe advising series which provides guidance and support to undergraduate students. And I think this is a great opportunity for students who want to uh, like develop their own researchers, uh, researchers or scientific works. So if this information is helpful to you, you can reach out to the faculty and get the most professional assistance and advices. So the name of this website is UCD Undergraduate Research Center. All right, thank you so much. That was so interesting. I think it's really interesting how much you can learn through um, just all these different scientific researches. And these labs seem to be doing a lot of important work. So yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Nate Littlefield back here, KDRT. Grassroots are growing. Uh, we got some time to kill, so we're going to play that little game where there's going to be a question asked and we have to answer it. So, Erica, if you want to go ahead and do that. All right, here's your question. Okay. So you have, just say there's, there's three feet of water, an infinite amount of water, so okay. three feet. Okay. Who would win in a fight? <laughs> Any shark of your choosing versus any bear of your choosing, who do you think would win? So Grizzly. I'll pick, like, I'm going to pick grizzly bear versus, um, like... Well, you got to pick a shark that would fit in that water. You right. can't just pick a ginormous shark. So great white is kind of excluded from the three feet of water. How tall? What's the girth of a great white shark? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe they'd fit. Yeah. Maybe they'd fit. We might have to do some... Some if, Google. If, what do you think, Nishan? If Nishon? the beard is fit, uh, they wouldn't be able to move. Let's pick a hammerhead three feet. then. A hammerhead will fit in three feet of water. Oh. Are hammerheads killers? Any shark is a killer. I right? thought hammerheads were pretty nice. Yeah. Really? I've had a few beers with hammerhead sharks. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. no, I thought they were nice. I thought. Um, do you guys have any hot yeah, takes what, on this? What do you think? Because I really think a bear. I'm gonna go with. I think a bear would win too. A hammerhead? I don't even think hammerheads can see straight. Don't they have to use like. Sensory, like figure out where the enemies yeah, is. Their eyes are a little Three far feet apart. of water. Three feet of water. Like that's that's, that's a deep enough amount of water. Can you get on the mic real quick? I want to ask you who 
asked you this question originally? My physical therapist did. Why? Because <laughs> I asked him that one question of, uh, oh, would you rather fight the, the duck or the, <laughs> the horse, horse one? And he asked yeah. me yeah. that question. Uh, maybe, I guess, an easier one to answer with the time we got left is, he asked me, um, what do you think there's more of in the world? Doors or wheels? Oh, doors or wheels? Yeah. I thought, usually it's doors and windows, isn't it? No, the, I don't the know. question that's the one I've heard before, and that one's the wheel. Well, I think there's definitely more wheels. Like I don't know how anyone can argue there's more doors in the world than wheels. Okay, so think about it. There's think, just think of the Hot Wheels alone. Yeah, <laughs> Hot Wheels alone. Like that's so many wheels. Like there's like millions of Hot Wheels. Do produced all here. doors have to open? Because Hot Wheels have doors too. But let's say you know it's probably about half as many wheels yeah my physical therapist said the door has to open and wheels have to spin and wheels have to spin yeah. but i was like well there's cabinet doors and desk drawers and like drawer that's well that's not a never mind that's not a door I, there's I, wheels in the drawers dude this that's yeah. true there are wheels See, in yeah. A lot of yeah. Time. yeah we have a lot of sliding stuff i might have, have doors or wheels these are real thinkers wheels yeah. this is really waking wheels me come up. in like four so yeah you, think so about how many wheels are on an 18 wheeler truck Right. Also, if you think about like mechanical wheels as well, that technically counts as a wheel too because it spins and it's it's a mechanical wheel. So that kind of adds on to like the on like a yeah, uh, it's like, like a rotate yeah, like a like the bearings and uh, like think of yeah, like a clock. Gears. You know, like it has yeah, it has the gears like the. But then you could say like a door is on the back of something electrical electrical that you open and put batteries in. Like you could say that's that a door then be. too. Yeah. The, I mean, the problem is the definition. Like a CD case, like we're looking at right now, is that a door? You open it up and you're into something else. That's not a. That's not. No, I don't think that would be considered a door. Let's 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 say doors are something you have to be able to pass through. Okay. So that excludes like doors on toys, definitely. Unless if it's like a big toy that you can. Then yeah, yourself then it's through. wheels easy. Wheels. Then it's wheels, wheels easy. Anyways, a grizzly bear would murder a shark, I think, in three feet of oh, water. Yeah. We're yeah, going back definitely. to that. That's what I was thinking. My physical therapist said a shark, and I disagree with him. Because bears go in water and hunt fish. To be fair, a bear, three feet. But three feet of water. Have, that's kind of deep, it's, depending yeah. on the size of the bear. It's deep enough for a grizzly. Is a grizzly bear the most dangerous bear? I think Kodiaks are the biggest and the most dangerous. But I think grizzlies are just up there with them. I... Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the bear. Yeah, 100. I, I think the bear. I want to see it happen. <laughs> that would be a fun. We could arrange it. Yeah, for sure. We could, yeah, we could figure something. Out. We need an unlimited body of water first. Mm -hmm. That's only three feet deep. That might be kind of hard. That was just context for the question. Maybe you, you can go into like a three foot deep pool. And, and just for reference, a person can kill a shark, but a person can't kill a bear. That's what I think. With their bare hands, you think a person can kill a shark? <laughs> not, no. Oh. A, a person with a spear can kill a shark. Real quick, I just got some outside input. My dad texted me. He said <laughs> a shark would destroy a bear. Oh, well, so, well shout out to Eric's dad. I think he's yep. wrong, but uh, <laughs> he's we appreciate wrong. the input. Uh, thanks, Dad. Right, as we wrap things up here, I want to say thanks to everyone. This is Nate Littlefield. You're tuned into KDRT. 95.7 Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, and that's all the season <laughs> and all the reason for making whoopee a lot of shoes 
a lot of rice. The groom is nervous. He answers twice. It's really killing that he's so willing to make whoopee. A picture, a little love dance out where the roses cling. A picture that same sweet love dance. See what a dishes and baby clothes he's so ambitious he even sold but don't forget folks that's what you get folks for making whoopee another year or maybe less what's this I hear why can't you guess? She feels neglected And he's suspected Of making whoopee <laughs> Oh, yeah. We're going to make him whoopee with uh, Jim Kweskin. All month here in K-1. 